You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey now, you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Good morning to you all. I can't believe it. We're at a senatorial candidate Ruben Gallego hump day today. Oh, my goodness. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Um, I got to send this. E- uh, this is a very important email, text message to Dan Shearer. Dan, I'm sending. Oh, actually, Dan, if you're listening, I'm sending your uh, any email. I want you to check, hopefully, before we talk to the end of the hour. Okay, good. Very important. Uh, remember, we are Monday. We are at uh, Games and Gadgets, the Short Rest Tavern. A fine selection of local craft beers, meads, vino, catered by the great Joe Gauchi of Malta Joe. You guys have been pretty good on the e- on the RSVPs. It's uh, not mandatory. If you just need to stop by, you can do that. But I'm just trying to give Joe and everyone a little bit of an idea. You know, we don't want we don't want you guys run out of beer or or pastitsis or Malta dogs. So. Um, can't wait to see you guys on Monday, 5.30 start. Got a nice uh, card in the mail today, and it's from our friends at Gap Ministries, and it's from Tian, but also for uh, from the different uh, foster parents that are uh, over uh, leading these different group homes of all these foster kids. And it says, thanks for the many gift cards that were donated by the Wakeys for our kids and Splash. That's their that's their term for their houses. You guys gave them a wonderful Christmas, and it was greatly appreciated. And uh, again, multiple, I'll, I'll put it up later, but multiple signatures of the different house parents of, um, you guys are amazing. Thanks for the blessing, uh, for blessing us and our children. You guys are such a blessing to the Gap children. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for hmm, something with our kids, which is almost as bad as handwriting as me. It's uh, so much meaningful that you could um, help them out at Christmas. Thank you so much. Anyway, so Wakey's rule. You guys are amazing. We filled the big, the big metal bowl at uh, at K Bonita for our amazing Christmas party. Yep. So yep, yep. thank you guys. You guys are amazing. Uh, remember we're doing, uh, we got opening weekend of Rito and I, I told, uh, Mark and Ed, uh, when it comes to Mark will be here every other Friday anyway to do movies. So we can always talk racing with him a little bit, but, uh, I said, cause they have this partnership with the university of Arizona, uh, horse racing, uh, program. And I said, give me some kids that are a uh, part of the program. So Mike and Haley are going to join us on, on Friday to do, uh, I guess Mike is uh, Mike's kind of a, a junior handicapper, so Mike's going to, uh, you know, if you guys are having trouble with your uh, your mutual funds or anything like that, Mike's going to help you out over the weekend. See if we can make back your losses nice. on your uh, on your Microsoft stock or anything like that. So we'll do that. Dan Shearer will be here at the bottom of the hour, and then. Um, I, th- I originally had it at six thirty on the menu, but they moved to eight, and it had to do with uh, uh, Jordan Kittle sitting the crew. He's Jordan's been on the show before, uh, but um, it's about going through the legislature. There's a ranked choice voting legislation, and we're going to talk about that. And then hopefully, one of the things I sent to Dan is something we're going to talk about today is uh, 
the uh, the chair of the Pima County Board, uh, Miss Grahalva, would like to change the rules of how other supervisors can get stuff on the agenda. And it's uh, amazingly egregious that she's going to put it in the hands of a bureaucrat to decide whether or not an elected official can put stuff on an agenda. Interesting. It is an mm. obvious... She is running interference for her buddy, the mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is crime-free coalition. She's part of the Conover, the Conover, Romero, Adelita axis against the uh, crime-free coalition, which is just mm-hmm. awesome. I'm gonna you're like yeah, I, I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna screw the Tucson crime-free coalition. That's I mean, how how, how does that come into your head? But that's what they want to do. But wait till we get to that. So that's what I sent to Dan. Uh, if Dan didn't read it, I don't want to jump on. Uh, we'll do. We'll do it at seven. But I love to get Dan's take on this because he's a he's one of the you know he's one of my smarter cookies out there. Uh, I was just checking emails after the show yesterday, and we did make um, we did we 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 did make Noah uh, happy with our uh, love stink song for the Valentine's Day City of Tucson tour of the dump, which is a real thing. He says, Love Stinks, what a great theme song for uh, Valentine's Day. He says, I totally do the Los Reales City Tour, but there's no way my wife would go with that. Is it really any worse than Speedway between free... <laughs> Is it any really worse than Speedway between the freeway and the U of A? Oh! CJ, uh, CJ had thoughts about uh, that. <laughs> that, was on, Grant that was on Grant. <laughs> I am serious about the Tucson reality tour. So I, I got to reach out to TJ and get a number on a bus and work out a tour. I got to work out an itinerary of like where we would go. Matt, this feels like a good wake up Tucson. Chris and Matt go go for a beer someplace and we we work out an itinerary. So let's let's work on that before I leave. Today. Alrighty. You know, so I'm going to write off all those beers. So <laughs> we're going to do Wait that. Wait a minute. You can write them off. Of course. Where you, where have you been at? Oh, that's right. You've been in well, you've been in the corporate world. They they write off plenty of beer. <laughs> All right, we got to get to. Uh, there's a great Babylon B about. Matt said it to me yesterday. It's the one about en- Biden ending COVID declarations. Ending. It's the best. And then uh, a couple of people, including Matt, sent me some stuff about um, what happens if they end, and also why they're ending. Why he's doing this is also because elections do have consequences. Uh, we're going to talk about a Warren Peterson bill to uh, increase the supply of homes in Arizona. Um, we got to get to this uh, this education limit fight and how some people in the legislature are going to try to use that as leverage. Um, we might play towards the third hour the Liz, sorry, the Kamala Harris with Lester Holt video. It's only about a minute or so, and it's just amazing where he says, well, you, he, she says, well, you, you haven't been down to the border. And she goes, we've been to the border. And he goes, the, you haven't been to the, the border. The we. <laughs> uh, the leftists are going crazy as Bill, calling Bill Maher right wing because he's now on CNN on Friday nights. I thought that was great. Okay. Um, what he else? said CNN. CNN. Right, right okay, you are correct. We'll get to the lunch lady who was uh, arrested for stealing $1.5 million <laughs> worth of chicken wings. Wow. So. Yeah, the kids can, the kids can have <laughs> ketchup sandwiches. It's okay. 
Um, the great state of Nebraska, um, basically, um, uh, a lady named Megan Hart was so triggered uh, by a Republican-backed bill that would bar young children from going to drag queen shows that she started a piece of legislation that would basically block them from going to vacation Bible study or what she called religious indoctrination camps. The madness continues. Uh, pedestrian was hit on I-10 yesterday. Yeah, it's a, freeways um, are bad places to be pedestrians. Correct. Just, you know, spoiler alert. We have the three folks who are suspected Circle K robbers. Uh, we got a good story from the Rotary Club. Uh, I got, I can't, I, I got to jump. And was it, it was a recent robbery at Circle? Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. It's so hard, Matt, to figure out if it's recent or not. So, um, I asked a question I didn't know the answer to, but I think I might know the answer to it. Correct. It's also a No Joe Jazz Wednesday to celebrate Ruben Gallego Hump Day. Um, I tell you the uh, oh that's good. One of the listeners said uh, the Ar- call it the Arc Coalition. Adelita Regina Conover. I like that. The Arc Coalition that hates the Tucson crime free. Also, so we got to put Heinz in there. So then we put an H in front of it. The Hark. It's the Hark Group. H A R C. Sounds like someone who uh, s- sponsors a piece of uh, PBS broadcasting. This is brought to you by members of the Hark Group. Um, so we got that going today and, uh, I tell you, it is, it's something where, um, I, I can't make these stories up anymore. Um, had lunch over at, uh, El Chinito Gordo yesterday with a good friend of mine and, uh, it was actually Brad from Pottery Fiesta and Quality Pottery and I got the, uh, Chicken breast with a chipotle cream sauce. They did a nice job with that. He had some, uh, looked like carne asada tacos that he said were really good. And um, there were just two things from my friends in El Chinito. Just just work on this, okay? Um, for an hour lunch, you asked me, you asked us seven times by three different people if everything was cool. You're, you're killing the conversation. Chill, chill out. And I don't know why, for some reason, they have a uh, some sort of sandalwood uh, incense stick inside a Mexican restaurant burning as I walked in. I, th- I thought I was at like one of those Tibetan stores in a downtown, you know, with all the incense going, old world Tibetan imports. So, oh, he is calling now. All right, let's go to break, and then we'll bring our American First Policy mic on because we're going to talk about ranked choice voting at the state legislature. So you're on Wake Up Tucson. It's a no-joe jazz Wednesday. Of course, this is Miles Davis. This is a song that plays in the background when uh, McConaughey's uh, in the uh, Lincoln. And he, you know, I just want to drive on the edge of a dream. And I want to sit with a cup of contentment, staring into the void, drinking my wild turkey. Just getting my Lincoln Navigator float on a dream. Thank you, Matthew. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th through the Voice, local news and talk. All right, No Joe Jazz Wednesday on Wake Up Tucson, 10.30 of the voice, local news and talk. Let's go right to the phones from the American uh, First America First Policy Institute. Sounds mildly Goomba, Mike Vellante. Mike, good morning. <laughs> Originally a Goomba from back east. Yes, good morning. How are you? Not too bad. What part back east? 
Providence, Rhode Island. All right, that's not bad. That's not prime. That's yeah. good Goomba. It's good Goomba world. Uh, what do you what do you, uh, what do you what do you do for uh, the uh, America First Policy Institute? Actually, I'm the, the center director for the Center for Election Integrity. Um, we have about 19 different centers here at AFPI, all focused on one common mission, which is America First in terms of policies um, to affect people, uh, taxpayers, voters and uh, businesses and uh, the center that we focus on is election integrity and trying to make sure that our elections are easy to vote but hard to cheat that's a really big sandwich right now to bite onto the old election integrity <laughs> uh before i get to well, this thing about ranked choice ending. on your profile you quote uh the very good football coach amazing football coach that has amazingly ugly sweatshirts bill belichick quote do your job Mm-hmm. Why? Why is Bill uh, Belichick your quote? Well, it, it, number one, he—I'm a huge New England Patriots fan, obviously, from being back east. Sure. Long before they were a good team. You were Steve. Gro- uh, you were Steve also, Grogan, kid. That's what I know. That's what I bet. Exactly right. Thank you. Exactly right. In fact, I even go back further than that to Babe Perilli. Oh Lord. So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the other the, the other part about uh, about the quote is really. If people just did the job that they they are supposed to do, um, everybody pulling the oar the same way, then you'd get you know you'd get the job done. And and it, it really does apply in terms of election integrity. Is sometimes people aren't trying to cheat; they're just not competent in terms of executing and all of the and pickle laws that are there. You know, and if they just did their job and did their job right, people would probably have more confidence in our election system. Now, I know we just have, we're going to have just a segment today, but I want to continue this conversation on a regular basis because there's a lot to talk about here. So if I, if, unless I piss you off or something, I'd love to have you back, okay? Absolutely. And, thank you. Um, just real quick, I, want, I know we want to get to this ranked choice voting legislation rolling through Arizona. What's your estimation of what went down in the Arizona election in 2022? What, we have lawsuits and all this stuff going on. What's, what's your evaluation objectively of what, and if it's good or bad, we want to know. I, I think, well, I think it was bad. I, I will be perfectly honest with you. I think one of the things we were looking for, we were working on across the country was to not have a repeat of 2020. I think for the most part, there were places that were there, there were problems in 20 that were better in 22. Arizona was ground zero for for things going wrong in 2022. Anytime you have the supervisor of a polling place on camera saying to a long line of voters, um, you know, one of our tabulating machines does not work and the other one is only working 25% of the time, or another supervisor for another polling place on camera saying nothing is working right now, um, it's again, it, you're not, no one is saying that it was malicious or, or purposeful. You can write into that if you want, but at the very least, we can all agree that it was not executed correctly, properly, um, and, and efficiently. And that's the kind of thing that really makes people look and say, who's running these elections? All right. So what um, I want to do is we're, we're running out of time for your previous, your real thing you want to talk about. Let's book you again. I just want to talk about that evaluation one day longer. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, sir. All right. Tell me about, we only got yeah. f- about five minutes. Tell me about, or less. Tell me about ranked choice voting legislation running through Arizona right now. Well, it, it, they made an attempt to have it on the ballot last year as a referendum and, 
ironically enough, it's it's one of those things that was purported to be making elections um, less less uh, aggressive uh, in terms of negative campaigning, uh, increased voter participation and, and things of that nature. And they didn't make it to the ballot because there were questions about the signatures on the petitions. The, the left, which is interested in taking off really a lot of, if ever, literally almost every guardrail to election integrity, this is their pet project going forward. And one of the things that we believe is that it should be easy to vote, but hard to cheat. And ranked choice voting is one of those systems. When you look at it, you just scratch your head and say, how does this work? It's confusing. It's chaotic. Probably the biggest thing I would say uh, is that the winner, the one that gets the most votes doesn't always win in ranked choice voting. And I think basically that's a real problem that we have. Uh, You know, if you get the most votes, you should win. In ranked choice voting, you can easily get someone that finished second or third in the in the ballot counting and at the end when they redistribute votes they end up being the first place winner explain how that works real quick how how do they how what is give me the the definition of what this really is basically you walk into the ballot and there's four people running and instead of voting for one person what they want you to do is to rank the four people that are running your first choice second third and fourth choice if the person that you ranked first doesn't end up finishing first, then what happens or finishes third or fourth, then they get dropped from the the tally. And then all of the people who voted for that person, whoever they voted for second, gets redistributed to the candidates. And they do that until there's only one candidate left that got 50 percent. Oh, Lord. Now, well, yeah, I mean, just first of all, in in a best world situation, that's going to be chaotic and confusing. It's going to be time consuming and it's a lot of pressure on the election workers. But, you know, when you look at you can't get and I say this with all great respect, if you can't get the ballot counting on two candidates, right, just one on one, how are you going to do it with four candidates and ranking them every time someone drops off? The other problem is if you go in and let's say vote for only two candidates and I go in and vote for all four and rank all four and one of my candidates drops off, my vote no longer counts. My vote no longer counts. So that one person, one vote concept, which is the basics of American voting, is thrown out the window with this. Where, where, so basically, uh, did a Democrat or a Democrat drop this bill in, in Arizona? No. It, actually, what we've done is being proactive about it. It was uh, uh, Senator uh, uh, Austin Smith, um, Senate Bill 2552, to prevent ranked choice voting ah. from, from being used in elections. Because, again, the left is spending not millions, but tens of millions of dollars across the country doing signature gathering to get this on the ballot and then running you know, multi-million dollar uh, initiative campaigns to try and convince people this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And in reality, it's just a, a chaotic, confusing system where the winner who gets the person who gets the most votes doesn't necessarily win. All right. Is the last thing we need in our elections. So what I'm going to do is uh, have Jordan send me your email and uh, we'll get your rebook when we have a little more time to spread out. I want to talk about this and then I want to talk about the 2022 election also with you. Okay. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Great debut today, Michael. I appreciate your time. Thank you.
Thank have you. a great day. You too, sir. Mike Vellante, America First Policy Institute. We'll get him back and have a real breakdown of the 2022 election. So you're on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice. Dan Shearer, Green Valley News, coming up next. Thank you very much. And last weekend we actually had a car show down here that just uh, knocked your socks off. It was terrific if you're into cars. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Green Valley's first night one from 3 in the afternoon to 5. It was really good. <laughs> Lots of trophies, lots of cars. You know, it's a little weird, though, when you go to a car show and probably maybe 350 cars, I'd say probably 50 of them were newer than mine. So um, you're looking at these cars and you're thinking, why is a 2015 Mazda (laughs) in a car show? (laughs) It's tricked out, baby. It's like, yeah, my car is 21 years old this year and uh, just keeps chugging along, and I love it, but I'm not going to put it in a car Is show. it a Toyota or a Honda? Honda. It's an Acura. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean an American car is not 21 years old doing much right now. So. <laughs> Sitting out in the field. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I just saw this story from Cronkite News. Major League Pickleball launches its season in Mesa, Arizona. Well, you know, uh, Surprise Arizona is the home of the U.S. Pickleball Association. So we're kind of a hot spot, even though I think a lot more of it is played in Florida. And I just saw a lot of um, uh, stats recently that uh, the people joining the association has gone up like 20 or 30 percent over the last year. And uh, our fire station actually just got a little grant to actually put pickleball um, tape down for courts inside the bays. So this is one, another way that uh, the firefighters can exercise. And so they're playing it, and they're roping in a lot of young people. And so this thing is catching fire as they offer more and more money, prize money, and uh, some, some wonderful tournaments going on out there. According to the APP, Association of Pickleball Professionals, uh, 36.5 million Americans picked up the paddle last year, and uh, these professional teams have investors in them, like the Las Vegas Night Owls, one of my favorites. Uh, One of their investors is quarterback Tom Brady, and Larry Fitzgerald is an investor in the Arizona Drive. So you can now make this into into a thing. It it is. It's one of those things that people will call an overnight success, but it's taken you know fifteen twenty years, and um, but yeah, a lot more people getting on board because it's a lot more accessible uh, to to a broader range of people. So it's 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 big. I told you this. I told you this years ago. No, you did, and we had our event where you screwed me over by giving me someone who <laughs> you switched right in the middle of it. It was like a, it was like a hustle. You're like, oh, this is great. Then all of a sudden you gave me the guy who can't lift his arm over his head, uh, whatever you did, and I... Yeesh. I crushed you. I crushed you. Why are we even discussing this? Wow, you you just hold on to things, don't you? Hell yes. That's what makes the show so good. Chris never forgets. It's like it's like Game of Thrones. The North never, never always remembers. That's that's Chris. Um, let's talk about uh, Mayor Glenn Hatcher. Yeah, one of your crack uh, reporters uh, joined the homeless count. Yeah, shoot, you know we get this notice every year that there's going to be a federal count of homeless people, and we'll report on you know one that they need volunteers, and then two whatever they come up with. Which last year was, 
in Pima County, about 2,200 people. But this is kind of like uh, the homeless count is kind of like COVID numbers. The only thing you're sure of is that the number is incorrect. Because <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you count that? So this year we said, you know what, why don't you go along as a volunteer, you know, sign up and whatever. So a couple of couple of issues with that. Um, the first was that um, they put you in like a, just a grouping of people and then you meet electronically and exchange messages and everything. And uh, the volunteers, you know, people are excited at first and then they realize, wow, that's going to be a cold morning and they start dropping out one by one by one. So the morning of, and it's a one day count and it actually doesn't go past, I think, 11 a.m., uh, you, you're down to very few volunteers. And then they have divided up uh, our area into these little squares, and I don't know, are there 40 of them or something? And you go to one of those, and you just start looking for people who who um, look homeless, which is, you know, it, it's potentially embarrassing. It's like, you know, going up to a woman and saying, um, you know, uh, how long have you been pregnant? And she says, I'm not. Uh, a lot of people are like, I'm not homeless. Uh, but they look it. But that's that's part of the problem is, uh, you know, you're going into abandoned buildings or you're going to places where they generally set up campsites. Some days there's 50 of them. Some days there's nobody. So the area she went to was out west off of Ajo Road. And there was nobody out there. It's really kind of a rural area. And of course, they don't send you alone. And then she came back into the downtown area and, and found a few. And so these numbers are then fed into HUD, which then, of course, uh, doles out money based on, on your number. But this is, this is difficult. This is a very difficult thing to, to get a count. So I think they counted uh, last year almost... Um, 600,000 in the United States uh, who were homeless. And then again, what is homeless? You know, so there's a lot of lot of big questions here, but it's an effort to try to get people. So we, we had uh, Kevin Daly from the Crime Free Coalition on yesterday, and he participated up in the North Plissken Acre area. Mm-hmm. And he talked about some of the questions they had to ask, right, is, were you homeless last night, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this your first time being homeless, right? And then... What, of course, is, you know, they would say, yes, I've been homeless for seven years, but yes, it's my first time being homeless, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and so yep. I, I, I guess it's a tough number, like you say, to figure out. I feel like, I don't know, I, I feel like they want to, it's, it's so weird if you're the bureaucrat or the elected, right? Do you want it lower or higher? Higher means more dough, but lower means there's not as much of a problem. Right, and then our, our numbers are going to be higher, of course, this time of year because the weather's nicer than it is in almost any other part of the country. And so, uh, but that's why everyone does it on the same day. And uh, it's 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 a rough number to get to, but, um, you, you know, if you take these numbers to the bank, it would probably be, you know, laughed out of there. So it's just, um, it's just a shot in the dark, but it's at least an attempt. Um. So, where it is. Before we go to break, let's talk about um, your brother was here uh, visiting, and of course he's he's back and uh, working in Ukraine. Your brother, correct? Yes, yeah. and uh, yeah, so he um, landed there in January twelfth. This is his third trip, and he um, within two days was very very close to the front lines. Actually. 
exactly twice the size of Arizona. So it gives you a little more sense there of what he's doing. But he's delivering uh, supplies to people who live up there and are not leaving their homes. He's also going in and getting people he, uh, who can't get out of there for whatever reason. He just took one man. He's uh, 70 years old. He lost both of his legs recently. He took him from a hospital that really could not accommodate him in an extremely um, dangerous part of the country uh, to to the west uh, and just, just completed that on Sunday. Uh, he's, he's been right where all the bombs are dropping this time. This is the only time he's been over that I've really kind of been nervous about some of the places he's going. But the Russians are running out of bombs, and therefore they're a little more judicious in where they're sending them, which is like the only you know, saving grace of all this. But anybody could get it at, uh, at any time. And he was uh, just telling us yesterday at a hotel he was at, uh, I think about three days ago, he uh, was uh, bombed. Um, so it's, it's, you just never know. And so he's over there for a couple more months and helping out doing what he can. And, uh, we'll see, we'll see how this trip goes. Does he feel like there's any change of the dynamics of this struggle right now? Uh, are we in, you know, is it a little quieter cause it's winter? What, what's going on? Oh no, not at all. Uh, the resolve is there. Uh, on behalf of the uh, the Ukrainians, but there is a sense that there's a buildup in Belarus, which we can uh, see on the news, uh, with the Russians to come in and do just kind of a full-scale war. So wherever he's going, they're looking for escape routes to nearby countries, you know, Moldova, Romania, wherever they can uh, uh, just get to quickest should all hell break loose uh, without warning, which they, they sense that it could. The uh, and then you uh, you were texting me that a, a lady uh, donated fifty G's. Yeah, so we have as a newspaper been partnering with the Rotary Clubs and a group called Shelter Box, which uh, is a international uh, organization that helps out uh, refugees and whatnot all over the world, depending on the situation. And we did a uh, drive for them back in April. We did another one and. Um, uh, Pat was part of this right before he went back to Ukraine, and uh, the community had raised forty, forty-five thousand dollars, which is three times what the goal was. But a woman comes into our office on Monday, and uh, she has a fifty-thousand-dollar check, and uh, so that has more than doubled what we wanted. Here, it's all going to Shelter Box, which has a great reputation and is doing some uh, terrific work on the ground. So we're very grateful for that. All right, let's go to break. Uh, one more segment with the great Dan Shearer from the Green Valley News, 790-2040. Wake up Tucson comments at gmail.com. Little Oliver Nelson covering a little Aaron Copeland. Wake up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. It's a Ruben Gallego running for Senate hump day kind of Wednesday. No Joe Jazz Wednesday. Wake up. Ah, a little shock jock radio. No Joe Jazz Wednesday. Let's get right to the phones. Our good friend Dan Shearer is here from the Green Valley News. Dan, welcome back, sir. Thank you. Um, now, tomorrow's a holiday right up uh, Green Valley's uh, uh, alley. It's Groundhog's Day, which usually happens at about 5 in the morning. Anything going on at Groundhog's Day tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I will be up that early. Uh, nice. Because I've got a, a rotary. Uh, we've got a rotary club here that meets at um, 
oh, I don't know, 6.30-ish. And, uh, yes, and, uh, love it. We, we, we generally don't do much on Groundhog Day, no. Well, no. I've given you a heads up, I'm just telling you. Be, well, be... we just want it, we want it to be over. We won't, don't want to relive it. So over and over and over. <laughs> By we this see... point in life, people are ready. <laughs> uh, listener Mike, please ask Dan, uh, did you guys cover the Adelita meltdown at the uh, call to the audience last week where she basically stopped the meeting? Yes, we did. Okay, yeah, cool. What, did, what, what, was, what was your take about her, uh, her, uh, her uh, stance on the uh, call to the audience? I think she believed that her initial... Uh, kind of recitation of the rules or uh, reinforcement of the rules, which is, you know, be civil and, uh, you know, stick to the facts, was actually going to calm people down and, and change things. And so when it didn't, and, and that was pretty much immediate, she uh, started to resort to these uh, strong arm tactics uh, that uh, almost. Uh, to the point of tossing someone from the meeting, and I don't know if she was talked out of it or thought better of it or or what, you know, in, in our business we call that, you know, um, you, you want to keep a one-day story a one-day story, but had she tossed someone, that would have been uh, probably a weeks-long story that you just don't want to to deal with. So um, I, I don't think what she's asking is too much. Uh, people, um, it, it was pretty brutal what people go up there and say sometimes. Other people go up there and say things um, uh, that are just as pointed, but they don't use some of the language that was used. And so, uh, but to threaten to toss someone or have them arrested and turn off the camera and everything, that's uh, it's a little much. The um, it's it's obviously she she doesn't like being no one I, you know but you're in that job we know many public officials who sit there who don't like being criticized right we've known them over the years and they just have to right. sit and take it as part right. of it. I'm not telling anyone to be personal or blah blah but like I was explaining on the show a couple of days ago your name is on the is right there on a placard right and your name is attached to votes that determine the success or failure of your community right. And she doesn't want right. you to say, Matt Hines, you did this. Well, right. Do you think you no, have to? No, no, that's part of the job. And any attempt to either move the call to the audience to the end of the meeting or to do away with it, which, and they could do either of those, would not be well received. So these meetings can go on for three, four, five hours, and to move it to the end is is pretty much saying we don't want to hear from you because they know people wouldn't last that long. Um, and so uh, any restricting of this is is not a good thing. However, to subject the supervisors to some of the language that we've heard, um, not the accusations necessarily, but the language is, uh, is I just think, um, more reflection on the person who's speaking than on the supervisor. Suddenly the issue is not the issue, it's the behavior is the issue. And so uh, there, it, it's true, they do not like to be criticized. This is why uh, Matt Hines generally is looking down or leaves the podium or whatever, which I think is, is extraordinarily uh, rude and is, is also running away from part of the job. However, uh, when it gets uh, brutal like that, um, telling a leader to shut up, things like that. That's that's just uncalled for. There's no place for that. The uh, so did you, I assume you got a chance to look at this uh, memo I sent you this morning, right? Yes, I did. 
So just to let everyone know, I haven't even talked about it because uh, this got sent to me by various different people up in Pima County government who are kind of mildly disturbed by this, is uh, this came out from the clerk of the board, um, and basically it went out to all the supervisors and a bunch of staff, and it sounds, this is, from what I'm hearing, this is coming, of course, from Adelita, uh, is number one, they would like, this is going to count, this is going to cover the county administrator and the board of soups that all agenda items submitted must include a agenda item form, which will be reviewed by legal counsel prior to placement of the agenda item. The clerk of the board reserves the right to return an incomplete or inaccurate item from the form, including any of these, so they, they could kick it back to you if the bureaucrat doesn't think it's accurate or complete enough. All right, which puts them in a horrible position, too. Uh, and then, uh, once the all addendum items submitted must include the, the item report form, which will be then reviewed by legal counsel prior to the placement of the item on the addendum or on the addendum. So what we're saying is, Dan, Adelita Grijalva wants your, if you're an elected official, if it doesn't get approved, your form doesn't get approved by the clerk of the board and then her former TUSD attorney, Mr. Brown then it's not going on an agenda. Yeah, right. and, and that's the, well, there's a lot of disturbing things about this, but nobody will ever see it. Nobody will ever know. And, and legal counsel, prior to the placement of the item, as you, as you were reading, uh, they can pretty much exclude agenda or addendum items. And this is, this is, uh, this is interesting because, of course, the very first question is, oh, well, what's the problem, Ben? What, what are you trying to, uh, to solve here? Has there really been issues where agenda items have gotten the supervisors into legal uh, trouble to the point that they need to do what kind of really is kind of a, like a prior restraint here, where uh, before it even gets out there, they're going to make sure it doesn't get out there. So is it a uh, solution in search of a problem? Is it, uh, is it necessary? Uh, or what's, what's the point of this? So I'll be looking forward to the discussion on this one, but it's potentially very, um, very dangerous, I think. I hope a certain local plucky newspaper could possibly reach out to a supervisor or two before Tuesday and get their take on this, because I would love to know what that is. Uh, yeah, they will be asked. I you, can, you can count on it. I appreciate it. I just, I just feel like you know, uh, we're we're just we're just thwarting the will of the voter here, right? That if somehow your 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 supervisor's not in vogue with the powers that be, including the chairwoman. And bureaucrats are put in a position where they can kill your putting an agenda item on. Well, what are we doing? Well, and if you want to really look at pretty much every issue they look at, you can make an argument that there could be legal consequences. And um, okay, but that's what we deal with every every day. I make dozens of decisions every day that could have legal consequences. Uh, but you just got to know your business and uh, know what's worth going to the wall for. And, and push on ahead rather than be fearful, which is really what this amounts to, is, oh, we might get sued. Well, you, you can get sued over anything. So what what is this review for? What problem is it solving? What issues have we had in the past? How many times in the past do we wish that we had had this in place and would it have saved us? I think we're going to discover that this is um, 
highly unnecessary. And real quick, um, this is um, state looks to repeat retailers overcharging customers. This is something you guys have been on like dogs on a bone. Is is this basically some of these convenience stores again? Well, it, it could be anybody, but um, this was kind of a bigger look at exactly how they do their job. And um, uh, these are the Department of Weights and Measures from the state. They come down, they look at, uh, they'll just kind of do a surprise inspection. You as a retailer have to hit 98% of the prices on the shelf have to match what they ring up at the cash register. We've had some as low, low as 30% in this area, and sometimes it's nickel and diming. Other times it could be a buck or two, but that's not the point. The point is that uh, one is not matching the other, and then uh, we're kind of getting to the reasons of this. And then what can the state do beyond just throwing all of these penalties uh, at a uh, at a specific store and we have seen in other states that there are actually states suing Walmart and Dollar General over these very issues. So this is kind of a deeper dive than actually just focusing on one business. But we've had a couple of them that just keep over and over and over. Uh, we're talking seven inspections, and they still don't have it right. Wow. Big problem. Well, Dan, thanks for doing what you do and having this discussion every other Wednesday. Always enjoy it. And uh, let me know how the, the, the uh, reporting goes on that Pima County thing because we're going to be on this one hard. GVnews.com. Look for it. Thanks, amigo. Have a good day. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Dan Shearer, Green Valley News. We come back. I want to continue a little bit on this. And uh, Bill number. One gave us a rearrangement of the uh, people against the crime coalition. We had Hark and things like that. I, this one's better. I, this one's a we're, we're, we're wordsmithing together, which is great. And so I, I like that. I'll, I'll I'll reveal that when we come back. So wake up, Tucson, ten thirty. The voice, local news and talk.